Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of Squad Up, a podcast about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and what a momentous day it is. That's one year for Squad Up. That's a whole year that we have been doing this little dance, me and my main man on the show, Mr. Peaches. Peaches, <laughs> what's up, man? No, nothing, man. How you doing? Oh, living the dream, dude. What's going on? I just like how you you used one year as a comparison to one year. How you said, <laughs> hey, we've been doing this show for one year. That's like one year of Squat Up. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, also, you could have said like 12 months or 52 weeks or... The sound lord is right. The, <laughs> my dog started like walking as soon as I started talking. I know. Because he didn't want to be The second the recording started, he was like, you know what? I should start walking right now. <laughs> you know, he's not called the Sound Lord because it's easy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, dude, it's been an entire year <laughs> that we've been doing this show. Isn't that insane? Like, I can't even, like, I remember when we, like, first had this epiphany to start streaming and, and doing a podcast, and no one's going to pay attention to anything I'm saying because there's a dog behind me. Like, from now on, you're going to get some on, booties gonna, on like... him. <laughs> Put some little soundproof booties on him. <laughs> Daddy, sit down. Okay. <laughs> now what? Oh, look at him roar. <laughs> He's a good boy. Um, we've been doing this show for a year, and it's kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, did you think we would even get to a year? I mean, I guess that's a weird question to ask, because like at the time, you were probably just like, yeah, sure, I'll do a podcast. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird feeling. I mean, how long did you think you'd be podcasting until people stop listening which hasn't ha- which hasn't happened yet so yo until as, that happens as i guess long as people you, are still gonna get to hear our voice as long as your parents keep not knowing my real name <laughs> there will be somebody to to listen to your podcast no i love the most them reliable listeners i know they're they're uh bros yeah ain't, definitely ain't no hoes i don't know why i said that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I they're gonna that. listen to this they're gonna know <laughs> Well, they know that I didn't call them a hoe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was uh, so we saw. Now reflect on the past year. What I mean, this is me putting you up on the spot right now. But what are your like some of your favorite moments that we've gone through in the past year? I know it's like a lot to think about right at the second. I'll go first, and I want to talk about the episode we did with Robbie and Chris. The two episodes, I guess I should say, on Smash. But I really want to touch on the first one we did because getting through that whole episode with the intention about talking about Smash Ultimate and then not getting <laughs> to Smash Ultimate might just be the best moment we've ever had on the show. I feel like that's just such an us move. Like that's, <laughs> that's such a thing that like you and I would both do separately and together. Like just we set out to do something and then completely forget about it because we're paying attention to nine other things. Right. Yo, you about to get some pizza? Looks like I'm about to eat some pizza. What is that? Look at this. What kind of show are we having here? I like that you're wearing this nice button down and she comes in here in pajamas. <laughs> it's because I came back from work and she's been home all day. And she has no idea what I'm saying right now. No, she doesn't know that you're dissing her pajamas. She thinks that I'm saying something really nice and waving. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. That was as Hashtag much as you get of the dog. <laughs> that was as much as you get of the dog. Um, so... 
now that we've been clearly sidetracked in what seems like record time for us, but truthfully, this happens literally every show. So, I mean, it could honestly not be record time. Um, a year, man. Yeah. Uh, I think that that episode with, with Smash was definitely the like the one that kind of set us apart. I really enjoyed the episode we did with um, Mrs. Soundlord in the chat where we talked about Bioshock because anytime I get to sit and just talk about Bioshock is a good time. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, you put me on the spot. You're like, I know I did. I did. You're, you're like, Hey, uh, I want you to wing it. Let me ask you a really tough question. So <laughs> I know. you can, you can try your best to pay attention to me while thinking. Here's this. Here's the thing is over the past year, we've done 30 episodes of this podcast. So there's like, a lot of episodes to think about and a lot of like, how are you supposed to choose through 30 different episodes? We've done 30 episodes? Yeah, was it 30? Yeah, it was 30, right? Damn. It me. Yeah, this, is, this is 31. Wow. And he got sidetracked talking wow. about Will Smith. Wow. I could get sidetracked talking about Will Smith right now. I saw this tweet that was like, if you look at the new <laughs> Aladdin movie as a really interesting take on a Hitch sequel, then it really fits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's real. I know. That's too real. I think it was like a high concept hitch sequel. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I I don't know how to pick just one without going back and listening to them, to be sure. honest with you. I, I like sense. when we have guests on the show and it's not because I don't want to talk to just you. It's just because I like being able to like talk with a group and have more of a melting pot of of opinions because sure. you and I don't ever really disagree all that much. Not too much. No, I, I want to say that I liked the Harry Potter episode we did. Probably that one stands out for me because uh, it was something that was kind of different for us. Um, and I really appreciated that you tried to make it a two on one fight, but then everyone in the chat had my back. Uh, so it was I, I kind of say a, everyone. It was kind chat. of a cool moment. I don't mean everyone like they were all like screw you Eduardo. I mean like they were like hey now calm your tits. This is what sort dreams of are made of? Yeah, yeah. Hillary Duff was there. <laughs> it was a Duff wild was there. It was a wild hey, episode. What if so. I like well since you have Kay Panabaker on your stream, can I get like Hillary Duff on my stream? Yo, if you get Hillary Duff on your stream, please let me know when you're streaming. Yeah. I want to donate some bits. <laughs> oh, trying to make I, it hail. I don't mean I don't make it weird like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and of course, my wife, who has made I think a cameo on, if not every episode, almost every single episode that we have ever done, who has been <laughs> walking in the background, making silly faces, and not only has been a guest on this show, but one of its biggest supporters. So thank you to my wife. Um, oh, I don't and- know why I'm. Why this turned into an accepted speech? Never, never forget the episode. And by never forget, I mean I don't remember which one it was. But never forget the episode where that she was listening to with her parents in the car, <laughs> and I said something really inappropriate. What did you say? I, I don't. What you even said? I don't even um, remember. I don't remember what it was. But we were in the car with her mom, and we, we were all like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I don't know, but whatever it was, I'm glad I said it. So. Let's move on since we've we've gushed about our our first year of podcasting. Um, let's talk about the year coming up, man. What do you? Is there anything you want to talk about in, in, in upcoming episodes? Is there a direction for the podcast? I know I've been pretty 
excuse me, open about making this a podcast about more than just games, right? Like we want to talk about games, but we also just want to talk about whatever we're interested in. That's how we ended up doing the, uh, that's how we ended up doing the Harry Potter podcast. I would love to do a Game of Thrones episode coming up here in April. Um, and I'd love to do some of these others. Like I would love to do an Avengers episode when Endgame comes out. I want to do, start doing a little bit more breakaway content of just whatever we're interested. Cause I, I want to like, I'm not going to, I'm going to call Kat Griffin out right now. Who's in the chat. And I'm not, I'm going to say that you're, you're not here to listen to our opinions on video games. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to make an educated guess and say that, um, I want to say that you are here because you want to enjoy two of your friends talking. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to be like that. And so I think they'd be more interested to hear what we're just passionate about. And sometimes it's going to be games and sometimes it's going to be, you know, Oh, what's that Phil kid board games. Keep listening to the show. Someone's going to be upset. That's what I was saying. <laughs> He's going to be upset about it. Mm. Um, Sorry, all that. I like, I honestly, Right back to what I said a minute ago, I think that I I would I would like to continue having re- recurring people on the show as well as new people on the show, um, people that have passions about things. Sometimes maybe if they have a passion about something that they just want to talk about for a while and they have a good like voice presence and whatever, and yeah. we can just kind of roll with it and be like, hey, I don't know a damn thing about what you're speaking, but please explain it to me sort of thing. Like... <laughs> I think that's cool. I like um, I like the, the ability to have banter and and conversation with more than one person, um, and yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if there's any topics in particular. I obviously think Game of Thrones is a good one. Um, a D and D episode would be neat. And you know, interestingly enough, we've actually we did, once. we did that once, and it is not. We, I, we're gonna have a game at some point. I know a, a buddy of ours, uh, Cody, who's been on the show, is, is having a game, and I would love to just record those games because we're gonna be doing it over the over Skype, like we're doing now, or you know, voice chat or whatever. So I would love to record those games. So if there's interest in us doing a recorded D and D game, please let me know because that's really doable. We have all the stuff for it, and we could put that together pretty quickly. So if that's something you guys want to see, just let us know and we'll absolutely put that together. That would be a really easy um, transition to a stream too, because when we were doing it before, when we, when we, so if you guys haven't like listened to all the episodes of squad up, which is obviously fine, but we started in the beginning, not streaming this while we were doing it. We started by just recording each other, talking to each other. And then Eduardo would get the file and he'd go through and like, try to iron it out as best as he could and then he'd upload it and then we moved to like well if we're gonna do this anyway we might as well stream it because people can see it live and interact with it live when we have moments to interact with the chat that aren't like intrusive to whatever we're talking about that sort of thing and we that time period right there the transition from not on stream to on stream the intersection of that is when we did our like one and only recording of Dungeons and Dragons and the recording got really botchy in a lot of places. Cause this is before we were using the stuff that we're using now as far as software and like um, audio and video systems and stuff goes. So that being said, I think that we have, we're in a better spot technology wise. We're in a better spot uh, having an awesome Lord of sound to, <laughs> to help us with the episodes. And I think there's more interest in D and D in general. 
Um, so it could be something that easily transitions into uh, a Thursday night or whenever we would end up scheduling them thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it'd be really easy to slot that in. Our schedules are pretty... Um... <laughs> yes, yes, Braley, you could come on the show to tell us about the law if that's what you really want to talk about. <laughs> we'll sit here and pretend like we know what you're talking about. Also... I'll just say um, law words a lot. For the chat, my wife made a pesto bacon and is that i think that's roasted red peppers on there with some mozzarella oh whoa eduardo's suddenly italian (laughs) (laughs) yeah cat i'm really bad i'm so you guys probably know if you ever because we did do one DD stream i think it was on my channel Mm -hmm. we did one DD stream and if you were at that stream you probably know that I am very bad at Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how you can be bad at Dungeons and Dragons, but I like. You're I bad. Am very, it's so crazy. You're like, not good at. It. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like I am super indecisive about what I want to do. I I am the kind of guy that likes structure. I like some. Like I would not be upset if people all day told me what to do. If people are like, I need you to do these things, I'd be like, great. I this person told me to do these things. I cannot be in trouble for not doing them. Like. I like law and structure. And so in D&D, it's completely the opposite. It's, hey, invent your character. Well, can you give me a framework? Sure. Here's the loosest framework of all time. <laughs> Do your best. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. And then you get into the game and the, the DM is like, okay, here's all these things. What choices do you want to make? And I'm like, I already made a choice. I made my <laughs> character. Tell me what to do. I think it's also, I think it's difficult to make a character for D&D when you don't understand what D&D is going to be. Like when you haven't played it before, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to build a character because you don't know. Because like there was a point where we were building our characters and we were doing it together. And I, <laughs> I think I've told this story before, but you were like, so I think um, Lewis was our DM was like, how much money are you guys going to have? And I was like, well, I think my character doesn't really have money because he's kind of dumb. And he like probably would have gotten swindled. And you were like, no, dude, the, the book says that you're going to have some money. Like you need to take that money. Like, and I was like, no, dude, it's like, it's not a big deal. Like my character just wouldn't do that. He's like, no, 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 no. But the book says that you should have money. So you need to make sure you have money. That's just how I am. That's why it's so hard for me. Like I need someone to make a rule following Dungeons and Dragons where they, they just tell me the whole time here, here's your options, A or B. And that's it. Like maybe there are options, but there are very few of them. Right. Tell me how to act. Tell me how to play. I don't know. No. <laughs> D is so interesting. Cause it, you just kind of do whatever. And, <laughs> and you just couldn't like wrap your head around like the <laughs> idea of somebody not, it's like somebody at the beginning of a game and they, they offer you like a power up and I just like ignore it. And you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You moron. Obviously you want to use that. Yeah. Matt, I did play a lawful good. I was a dwarf, uh, a dwarf fighter, a lawful good dwarf fighter, and yeah. I just basically did all the right things every time because I, I was like, I don't want to do the wrong thing. Probably the least interesting thing you can do is play a lawful good character and not know what you're doing in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yeah, I think if there was one other person <laughs> that was also like that, I think it would be Robbie. And I think Kat, yeah. you, you're right. I think the Robbie is the one other person who I think would not be able to understand D and D. He's like, but how do I strategize this? And I was like, well, not really. You just kind of, you just kind of wing it, man. Guys, you're these okay for those of you just listening. Uh, these guys are saying in the chat that fighter is the easiest, and you just hit things, which is fair and true. But let me tell you also that I was trying really hard to get creative. Eduardo might remember this. I was trying really hard to get creative with my warrior 
And I asked our DM so many times if I could do weird certain things. But every time I tried to do something weird, it failed. So I just got discouraged from doing weird things. Like <laughs> we were fighting like some tr- some weird enemies and like orcs or something. I don't know what we were fighting. And I decided for some reason it would be a good idea to take my two-handed hammer mace or whatever and chuck it across the battlefield to try to hit one in the head. And I rolled like a two and it flew, like the DM made it fly off into the distance. So now I don't have a weapon. And then I tried to do a Captain America bullshit thing where I took my shield off my back and threw that and that missed too. So I was like, what's the point of this? I can't get close enough to hit the thing. So I'm trying to hit it from a distance and I just suck. <laughs> Look, I you know a D and D episode is is very real in the realm of possibility. If that's something you guys want to do or you guys want to see, we'll make it happen. So we'll get in talks with our DM and see if we can pull something together. Um, so yeah, I think we've got a decent roadmap of where we're going. You'll probably start seeing more shows more regularly if we decide to do some of this other content. You'll still get the every other week video game show, but maybe there'll be a a fun show peppered in between. We'll talk about that and and probably get some stuff going there. But let's go on to see what's been going on in the world of gaming. Waluigi time. Pokemon Sword and Shield. And Gummon. Pokemon game. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that was like the third one. Um, There's a new Pokemon game coming out. There's There's a sword. There's a shield. There's a 3D graphics. And I don't, it's so interesting because like you are really, really high on um, Pokemon Let's Go, right? Like the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go oh, Pikachu yeah. game. I love it. What do you think about this game? Because it seems like it's going, I, I don't want to call it a regression because we haven't seen enough yet, but sure. it seems just like another Pokemon game. And I think I'm in the minority in this one because when they talked about the new Pokemon game they were making, they were like, we're going to make this crazy Pokemon game. It's going to be unlike any other Pokemon game that you've ever played. It's going to be like a fresh experience. And from what we saw in the trailer, it seemed like, you know, another Pokemon game, which isn't a bad yeah. thing. I am okay playing another Pokemon <clears throat> game, but I kind of wanted them to get a little weird with it. Yeah. What do you mean by weird? I know you I just know. I wanted, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted like action combat or I wanted, I don't know. I wanted other things. I wanted to, I wanted other things to happen. Like I didn't want it to just be, you walk in a brush, you beat gym leaders, you um, fight turn base. Like I wanted, I wanted a break in the formula, you know, I wanted them to sort of reinvent the, the wheel, so to speak. I think the hard thing about Pokemon in that regard is that because it's been doing this, it's formula the same way for so long. I mean, how many, how many Pokemon, if you're in the chat and you know the answer to this, go ahead and just let us know. But like, how many Pokemon are there going to be when this one comes out? Is it going to is it gonna hit quadruple digits at this point? Are we going to get to pass 1,000? Because I, I haven't really paid attention to that. But think about that for a second, because if they change the formula drastically and you still have whatever that number is, amount of Pokemon to catch, or whatever they would have made it if they changed the formula, that's an insane amount of creatures to catch i mean and people would be all for it but i just don't know how they would do it much differently i i i don't know how to feel about this one because for me i okay let me back up small story time with peaches when i first started going to the university i actually graduated from (laughs) 
Um, my first degree pursuit was in video game design. Uh, and I had a class, like one of my intro classes, our final project was to mock design a video game. And I had always wanted to take Pokemon and redo it. Like I've always wanted to change it just slightly so that it was a little more, um, uh, what's the like, uh, fan servicey, like, um, what is the quality of life? I wanted to put more quality of life stuff in it. Right. And so I, I did this whole project on Pokemon and what I could do to make it better. And then flash forward to last year when let's go comes out, let's go is basically everything I wanted my, like was in my head for that project. So for me, I don't really know how you can make Let's Go better other than continuing the series and moving on to the next region of Pokemon in the Let's Go universe. So for me, another top-down one, I don't... I'm sure I'll get it and play it and enjoy it, but I'm not as stoked about it as I am thinking about another possible Let's Go game. And I also got to say, like, I'm not really huge on any of the starters right away. I might get like chastised for saying that, but none of them look really interesting to me. I I need to see their evolutions, you know? I'm with you. I need to see the evolutions. I do really like the little monkey guy. He's the best of the three. I think the monkey guy is the winner. I know people, millennials specifically, are really gravitating to sad lizard. Um, (laughs) Anxiety lizard. (laughs) Anxiety lizard. Uh, But I don't know. (laughs) I uh, I think the monkey's the cool one, but I, I don't know because the evolution, you're right, the evolution's really important because some of the starters in other games I've thought look cool and then their evolutions are super not cool. And well, so yeah, I I'm, end up... Go ahead. I'm worried specifically about a score bunny that it's going to be another fighting fire Pokemon. That's exactly what it looks like. We've already had that, you know? And I'm kind of worried that about that for all once. of us. What's that? We've had it more than once. We have had it more than once because we had uh, Combuskin, whatever, Blaziken, right? Yeah, Blaziken. And we also had Incineroar. Right. So it's like they're going back to, it seems like it's going back to the same formula. About leaks of of the evolutions, uh, I've seen a bunch, but I don't know that any of them are true because uh, the same same leaks I've seen, um, those people have leaked in previous gens and it turned out that they were wrong. Right. So maybe the right ones are out there somewhere, but I don't really know what to trust until I see it, you know? Incineroar isn't a fighting type. He is in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> He's a wrestling type. He's a heel Pokemon. It's a deep cut for all you wrestling fans. I don't actually know what his his two types are. I'm sure it's Fire something. Is it Fire Dark? Fire. Probably Fire Dark, I would assume. But still, it's... But he's a fight. He literally wrestles people. He, like, suplexes them and stuff, yeah. like... I don't know. I just, I, I need to see the evolutions. If I'm going to pick one based off of the base, I'll go with the monkey just because he feels the most original of all the starters. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I, I find the anxiety lizard just reminds me of um, whatever Greninja starts off as a lot. The oh, little, yeah. Uh, was it Froakie or? Yeah. He does the look little, like Froakie. Right? He I gotta look at Froakie a lot. Um, and you're right, Score Buddy reminds me of like the whole like Blaziken people. He's Froki, dude. He's right. actually Froki. I'm going back and forth. The yellow in Anxiety Lizard's little tuft on his head is just the yellow of Froki's eyes. 
It's the in- same yellow and the same like hues of blue. Blaziken, Infernape, and Embor are the three fighters. I didn't play the Embor oh, ones. I forgot about Infernape. Did I play Infer? I don't. I don't think I played the generation. What was the generation with Infernape? Was that black or white? I don't remember. I didn't play black or white. Black same. and white looks not good to me. I, maybe it was good, but the graphics look. Did you play X and Y? I did. I played I, X for a while. I remember the story being ridiculous, but I don't remember why. I just remember I, it being ridiculous. I didn't play. I didn't really pay attention to the story. I was just. Catch I was Pokemon. trying to find the ghost sword Pokemon so I could have floating swords in my team. <laughs> oh, you mean um, uh, Aegis Slash? Not Aegis Slash, but yeah. the swords. Yeah, yeah, Aegis, yeah. yeah, Aegis Slash. He was yeah. like really good in that game too. Oh yeah, he, he was, was in like he was everybody's team. Yeah, but he, uh, I wanted floating swords. Come on, all my, a lot of my favorite Pokemon are like sword users in some some way like my favorite pokemon of all time is scyther he has sword hands what do you what do you fire emblem trying to fire emblem into pokemon yeah roy is my favorite pokemon <laughs> roy is my favorite. <laughs> followed by marth <laughs> uh, moving on, um, there is now a new playstation app for your phone or for ios devices i guess your phone your ipad where you can stream your game from your playstation to your phone or your ipad now, I have not tried this out, but from what I hear, it works okay. Uh, and so, like, if I wanted to pick up my phone and play Persona 5, I'd install the app, and then I could turn it on, and no matter where I am, I can play Persona 5. And you don't have to, like, be, like, next to your PlayStation. It just works over the internet, and it streams to your phone. Is it real time? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I haven't tried it. Um, I hear it works fairly decently, but as they sort of, like, reiterate on the technology, you got to think... That's a really interesting way for them to come at the Nintendo Switch, right? So, like, they obviously see Nintendo and the Switch as a threat because it's it does something that they just don't do. And so they're right. trying to find a creative way to sort of combat that. And this is a, an interesting way to do it. I mean, and they're not going to be able to replicate it without it looking like a blatant ripoff. Right. So. Especially after PlayStation's already myriad of handheld failures. Right. Yeah. You know? What are you talking about? Everyone still owns a PS Vita. In Japan, they do, but here in the states, yeah. nobody cares. Would you say that more people own a Wii U or uh, or Oof. handheld PlayStation consoles? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, <laughs> man, yikes! Uh, I, I know say, I own one of those things. I want to say more people own the PlayStation Portable one, but I also don't we could think look this it's. Up, but, we probably yeah. could. I, I think don't it's want probably to. a razor thin margin. And also, it's like worldwide. So, like, I know that the PlayStation console or portables were very popular in Japan. It just never made commercial success in the U.S. Yeah, I I think that's cool. Um, it, it is definitely a, a unique way to try to combat the the switch. I mean, they can't do anything about it from a hardware perspective, right? Because that's a ripoff and. They don't want to just let it slide by. They want to give people that portability. So, you know, why not do something like that? If you already own a tablet, you don't even have to buy anything extra. You just have to do the streaming. You also don't want to, like, make people make a choice, right? Like, I think the problem with the PlayStation Portable before was that people had to make a choice. Do I want to get this cool game for my PlayStation 2? Or do I want to get the slightly less cool game for my PlayStation Portable, right? Like, yeah. 
and the Nintendo Switch is a really good way of being like, nope, you can play your, the same game on your TV or on, you know, in your hands. Like you don't have to choose. Whereas yeah. if, if Sony decided to make another play, could you imagine like a, a Switch style thing that has a CD drive that you could put in like a, like a disc <laughs> from the top, you know? <laughs> It'd be kind of funny though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know the, probably the best thing about that is, is if you have to take a dump in the middle of a game, you can just mm-hmm. stream it to your tablet and yep. never leave the bathroom until the next time you have to take a dump. Well, and I could like think of a few games where it probably work really well with, right? So like turn-based strategy games, it probably wouldn't well work well with something like Kingdom Hearts or like Devil May Cry, but like, I'm playing Persona. All I got to do is click through a menu. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Oh, you weren't specifically talking about playing while in the bathroom. You're just talking about the streaming. Just in general. I mean, it all applies to when you're taking a poop. I'm sitting sitting here thinking like, Eduardo, you can't play Kingdom Hearts while you're pooping? I don't understand. (laughs) No, no, no. The the characters are too pure to my heart. I won't won't sully them with all that nonsense. You don't want them to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so... (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to talk about this last story because it's 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 a really interesting tell of the times of video games right now. So EA has joined Sony and they're not going to be at E3 this year. And so I think one, Nintendo has a lot to do with this because I think Nintendo has shown a lot of success just being like, here's a Nintendo Direct, you're going to watch it because we're Nintendo and sort of they've become the pioneers of that. And I think people like Sony and I guess EA at this point have sort of caught on to the fact that you don't necessarily need this like big press conference um, if Apex Legends is any indication, you basically don't need marketing at all. You just kind of put something out there, and if if it's cool, people like it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta think too. Like, I want to look this up so that I don't get this wrong. So hold on. Uh, first E three. The first okay, so the first E three was in nineteen ninety five. Let's think about nineteen ninety five. The World Wide Web is only like three years older than we are. It's like it just turned 30 like two days ago or something. So you think like 1995, communication is not as easy as it is today. People do turn it, tune in regularly to press conferences like that to get their news because it doesn't come to them as quickly. 2019, you don't need to have a big conference. You say something on the internet and as soon as the right three people, the right three influencers like it, boom, everybody knows about it. You don't need a conference. You just need some some good gameplay footage or the right person to advertise your brand. Do you know so, EA paid Ninja $1 million to stream Apex Legends the week it came out? EA has $1 million? EA is very rich. You know how much money they make on FIFA? Uh, Probably a lot because they have like loot boxes in FIFA. <laughs> FIFA keeps that ship going. No matter how many bad things happen at EA, as long as they have FIFA... The rest of the world is going to keep EA going. Guys, um, I got to know, if you're a FIFA player out there, I just, I feel like I, I am a very objectively thinking person. Like, I sometimes I don't word very well, okay? But I feel like, for the most part, I think pretty objectively. And I cannot understand in my mind why anyone would buy loot boxes in a soccer game. Don't you just play soccer? No, there's like a there's like a card game within the game. Why would and you play so, a card game if you're playing FIFA? So it's no, but the cards give you players and then you can use those players in the war in like the system where you can only use players that you have as a card. And then they're like 
tradable. So people like sell them for like lots of money because some of the best players are very rare. Got any Pele? Go fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. But anyways, I, I that's I, that blows my mind. I can't get around that. I, I don't know. I think whether or not what we talked about a minute ago was true about how easy it is to market things in 2019 versus 1995. I think it's smart either way of EA to not worry about going to E3 because EA is at this point and they have been for a while that they are just constantly trashed on, even though uh, let, let me just say real quick, apex is a great game and they are probably being seen in a better light right now because of apex, but they're still consistently dunked on. <laughs> and I think backing out of that just doesn't allow anybody at the time of E3 to like shit on them again. So right. maybe that's smart of them to just back off and figure out a different strategy. Right. And so they're going to be doing a thing that Nintendo does during E3 where they just kind of release small videos throughout the day. And so sure. I think that's how in the future people are just going to be getting their video game information. Whenever it comes out, it comes out, you know, I think we live in an era where if you release something, you talk about something releasing too early, people have a lot of time to, to like pick it apart before it ever actually releases. Um, and so I think it's really smart to just be like, boom, here's the product. Here you go. Like you don't have time to trash this yet. Like, did you just allude it. to the last Jedi? I've alluded to lots of, I mean, we, we're not a movie show, but we can talk about Rotten Tomatoes and they're like, review thing and review bombing and all that. But I think that goes along with that culture, right? So that goes along with that. So rather than having these people that, that will go ahead and trash whatever comes out they're they're getting ahead of the curve and sort of putting things out when it's ready. And I think that's, that's the smart way to do it. Dude. Now I can't stop thinking about how last Jedi is the epitome of what you just said. I can't think of another media in the last few years that as soon as it was available to the public as a thought, ideas and ideas and it just started flowing into the universe everybody had these crazy like opinions about what the story was going to be like how it was going to unfold all these weird like i wouldn't call them fan fictions but in a way they basically were fan fictions because everybody was coming up with their own version of what they thought was going to happen and then because so many people were fantasizing about how the story was going to unfold so many people were also disappointed about how the story unfolded so I don't well, know, that's kind of tangential. I have this problem with the internet, and it has to do with video games. It has to do with sort of that culture that right now you go on the internet and you say, man, I didn't, you know, I kind of, I thought Star Wars Last Jedi was fine, but I didn't really like it. And somebody else goes, yeah, I didn't really like it either. And then a third goes, person goes, I hated it. And then you turn around back to the first one and go, you're right, I hated it. And then all three of you start talking about how much it sucks. Mine? And then by the end Mine? of your... By the end of your conversation, you're talking about how it's the worst movie that was ever created and how the director needs to be fired and you need to burn all your copies that you haven't bought yet. And, you know, you've, you've gone to this weird part of the internet where everybody just circle jerks their opinions together. And, you know, and it's not it's not transformative. It doesn't help anybody. There's no debate happening. People are just like, they start off with sort of a weak opinion and then all of a sudden by the end of it, they go, yeah, yeah, that is stupid. I hate Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Right. And so I think, you know that meme of the two guys with the big biceps, like holding arms like this. And then it's like, on one side, it's like Star Wars fans. I would put Star Wars fans on one side. I put the other side, video game fans. And it's like overreacting to things. (laughs) 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 
that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because we do a video game show, but a lot of video game um, fans, and I would put a lot of Star Wars fans in the same bucket, sort of take things really personally with their with their beloved franchises and things. And I think the the idea of enjoying the art is sort of lost among a lot of people. So I think it's smart of EA, and I think I think they're on the right track. Whether they're ever going to be like a good company again, I don't know. But I think it, it's a smart move. Yeah. I mean, if they have any hope right now, it's Apex. So right. Hopefully Apex, I mean, hopefully for them. I don't have any personal stock in it. Hopefully right. for their sake, Apex helps them. I agree. Also, there's a single-player Star Wars game coming out later this year. So being made by the people that made um, Apex. So, Can I hold a controller in my hand and wave it around as the lightsaber while using VR? Because if not, I don't care. That already exists. Not really. Not not in a well-made way. The, like, Darth Vader one? Can't can't they make something good? I haven't, I haven't played the other one. Yeah, it's <laughs> called... Um, I guess, so you don't get to use a lightsaber, but you could do the experience at, uh, at Disney Springs. What is it called? Uh, it's The Void. The Void! But you, I'm talking a video game where I have my Oculus or my whatever type of VR I have and I am holding the controller, and it functions like a lightsaber, and the whole game is me playing as a lightsaber-wielding Jedi or Sith. You know... Why can't a good one of those get made? Do you remember Disney Quest? Oh, I loved Disney Quest. Do you remember the, like, comic book thing at Disney Quest where you basically had a lightsaber and you were basically just being a Jedi the whole game? Yeah, and it sucked. Yeah, it was (laughs) awful. <laughs> that was what that was the most disappointing thing in that whole building because the first time I ever went to Disney Quest, um, the person I was dating at the time, we both went there and we were like, Oh, this is gonna be cool. This is like comic booky, like VR. We're gonna hold like it's I don't know, we're gonna have some sort of weapon. And then the whole time we just stood there like, What the hell are we doing? <laughs> this is crazy. Um so We've we've talked a lot about what's going on with, um, going on in games, and I want to talk about what we've been playing because I've got a, I've, I've been playing a lot of really interesting games. And first, I want to talk about you. I want to talk about Quickie World Two and your victorious race. How was that? How was the release of Quickie World Two? Uh, Quickie World Two was awesome. I want to say, um, as far as Kaizo hacks go, if you are looking to get into Kaizo, um, first of all. I always suggest that you try the the hack called Learn to Kaizo. Normally, for the last, I don't know how long have I been playing Kaizo, like 10 months, 8 months, I don't know. However long it's been, I have always suggested to new people that after that hack, they try Quickie World, the first Quickie World. Well, Quickie World 2 dropped last Friday, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. There's a ton of levels. They're a little bit shorter than the Quickie World levels. Um... And I honestly think that the game is friendlier than the first one for beginners. I would say in now that that exists, if you are trying to get into Kaizo and you're looking for something that will help teach you the ropes and show you techniques and get you used to jumping with certain styles like re-grabbing and um, you know, switching between spin jumps and regular jumps and all this other kind of stuff, Highly suggest Quickie World 2 because there's there's a ton of different levels that have new gimmicks for you to learn, and they're short and sweet. Um, for those of you guys that weren't there, me and our friend Moat, 
who is uh, whose username is all the low end. We raced it on on Friday night, so I got an hour and fifty minutes on the first playthrough blind. He got two hours and fifty minutes, but also he is you know from the UK. <laughs> And for me, we were racing at 9.30. So for him, it was like 2.30 in the morning. So I might have had a distinct advantage there. But I think the game's really good. And I think it's definitely worth playing, whether you're new to Kaizo or not. Because even if you've been playing Kaizo for a long time, um, I probably don't even need to tell you to play it. But it's a, it's a good time. Um, otherwise, been playing Bloodborne still. Uh, I'm enjoy- dude. Those are my two addictions right now: Bloodborne and Kaizo. Like those are the two games I'm thinking about all the time. I have Kingdom Hearts sitting above me, Kingdom Hearts three. I have the PS4 Spider-Man game sitting above me. I haven't put those in my console yet because I keep only thinking about Bloodborne and Kaizo Mario. So Bloodborne, literally in the stream before this, we beat. Uh, the one reborn i think was the name of that boss it was a giant collection of skeletons riding on other skeletons attached to other skeletons it was a very strange boss and then uh outside of quickie world 2 we just beat sen's fortress in grand poo world 2 and the charging chuck boss at the end i expected to hate because as you guys all know i hate charging chucks but uh i thought the boss was really well done it was a fun time that's pretty much all I've been playing. Just going back and forth between those two. That's that's all I got really. I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I I've seen played... some stuff in your like in Discord. I've seen what you've been playing, and I've been surprised. So I'm excited for you to talk about this. Okay, so first I've been playing Persona Five. That's been like my go-to game on my PlayStation. I've got like a game I play on my PlayStation, and then I have a game that I play when I'm sitting down on my PC. So what I've been looking for is a game because I've been um, there's a lot of sports things happening in my life right now. If you look at my hat. Lando Magic, who are currently playing right now, and I'm not watching the game because we're doing the podcast. Also, they've lost a couple games in a row, and I've Some been pretty fan you are. I know. Um, <laughs> they're playing right now, and I've been looking for a game. I have two computer screens, so I will play something on this screen, and I will watch a game on this screen. Now, when I'm doing this, I need to be playing something I can kind of not pay attention to, if that makes sense. I need to play something that I can like play, but doesn't need like my full attention. And so... Twitch last month gave everyone who had Twitch Prime a free copy of Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, as well as a free 30-day subscription. And so when I saw that, whenever I see free things on Twitch, I always just accept them. And then I kind of <laughs> go through it later being like, oh, look what I had. And so that's kind of what happened. I just sort of like accepted it. And then like a month later, I was like, oh, look, this is here. And I've got a buddy of mine at work who... um who plays it, and so he was really wanting me to get into it, and it's sort of been showing me the ropes. And so, for those that don't know, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, is um, Final Fantasy's MMO. So it is an MMORPG. It is very similar to something like World of Warcraft. Um, and as someone who has predominantly played World of Warcraft in his MMORPG experience, it's interesting playing something else. That being said, it is very similar to World of Warcraft. Very, very similar um, nobody would have seen that coming. The graphics <laughs> are definitely better. The jobs or classes are, I think, a little more interesting um, because you don't. It's I think in besides Legion, I think WoW has trouble, you know, identifying. You know, sort of like you, you sort of play whatever's strong, not play whatever you identify with or whatever you think is cool. So a lot of people will be like, "Well, 
this this particular tanking class is good this patch that's that's you know that's the the class i'm going to pick whereas in um, final fantasy things seem to be really evenly balanced to the point where you just kind of play whatever you want right now i am leveling the way it works is you start off with like a i want to call it almost a minor job so you start off with like things like a rogue or just a regular mage or like a warrior and then when you get to a certain level, you upgrade those to then like the next level. So you turn in like a paladin or like a black mage, or in my case, a rogue, which turns into a ninja. And oh. I am super <laughs> psyched to be a ninja. <laughs> Are you like hanging from ropes and disappearing and shit? Oh, magic win. Let's go. Um, yes. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> As of right now, I'm still just a rogue which I don't find super fun, but it doesn't play like a rogue. In Final Fantasy, the rogues are more like pirates than they are like rogues in in WoW. Um, and so I'm what more like... What is pirate like? He just kind of does like... He's just like a dagger wielder that like slashes a bunch. He oh. still has like a conceal, but it's not really that... It's not that much different than... it's. That's the thing is I'm only like level 23, so I haven't gotten to that point yet. Like the character, the class's identity hasn't been super shown to me yet. Okay. And so once I get to the sort of the later ends, I'm enjoying it. I think it's a fun time. I think I'll probably keep playing it because it's that kind of game for me. Um, I don't think I'm going to get as sucked into it as I would into World of Warcraft. I don't think it's going to be that game that I'm going to try to get my friends to play because it's not something that I think everybody needs to play. Um, but I think if you're interested in it, if you one, if you like Final Fantasy, and if you like MMOs, it seems to be a no-brainer. The game is really well supported, and the best part, in my opinion, is the game is crossplay. So my buddy who plays um, from work, he plays on PS4, and I play on PC, and we can play together. And so, I mean, anytime a game can do that, it's a it's a plus in my book. Yeah, unless you're one of the uh, controller users for a first person shooter, then correct, and then you don't want to be anywhere near a PC. And bless uh... you. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're, um, Phil Kid, if you are still in the chat, you're good to leave. You can just go. You don't have to be here for the rest of this show. I think he's um, lurking. I wanted to say that anyway. Um, oh, okay. If you are still here, you can leave. We're going to talk about some board games, man, because um, we didn't have a show last week because I was in Orlando, Florida. Um, and uh, Peaches and I, we hung out. I saw the friends and family, and we played lots of board games and lots of board games I want to talk about. So I want to start off with a board game me and Phil Kidd played, and I'm sad he's not on the show so we can talk about this, but I'll briefly touch on it, a game called Star Wars Rebellion. And it's this giant map with a bunch of planets on it. One person is the Rebellion, one person is the Empire. Um, the Empire is trying to snuff out the Rebellion. The Rebellion is trying to, to gather hope with less forces, and um, basically there's sort of victory points. And if the the rebel forces get to a certain number of victory points, they win. And so there are lots of things you can do. You can sort of turn people to the dark side. Um, <laughs> he, he's lurking me on hate. <laughs> that is not a fan of rebellion. Is what She's I mean. not a fan. Um, I think he like makes her play it too. Which is, <laughs> uh, I, I liked it. I think it's a fun game. Um, and I, I'll, I'll wait to talk any more on it, but I think it's a fun game. If you're thinking about getting a, a fun two-player game, that's a good one to play. We played one game, took us about three and a half, almost four hours. So Woo! quite, it takes quite a while. The setup takes a while. There are lots of pieces. It's a very like involved game. There's a lot of moving around, um, but it's definitely a fun game. I want to talk about a game that is sort of your favorite game, but not 
your favorite game. Um, uh, Seven Wonders Duel. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Seven Wonders is, I would say, your favorite board game, right? Seven. I would say Seven Wonders was my ba- favorite board game for a while. I don't know if it still is. I think uh, at this point, I put Betrayal at House on the Hill at or at least nearer to the top the seven wonders i do like seven wonders a lot it's just the base game uh the base game kind of gets boring if you've played all the expansions and then you know when you teach new people how to play the game you got you really have to start with the base game and then they finally understand how to play it and it just takes a lot of setup and a lot of uh, the same stuff usually happens. That one turned into Screw Peaches the game a little bit because everybody, <laughs> everybody that I play with knows that I like to collect the science cards. So they're all like, "I don't care what I'm doing. I'm building science because I'm about to hand my cards to Peaches." <laughs> anyway, that's probably not as true as I just made it sound, but it feels that way to me. Anyways, so, go on. Seven Wonders. So, so like Seven Wonders, they came out with a two-player version called Seven Wonders Duel, where it's very similar to the base game, but it's a two-player format. Everything is sort of condensed in a in a, a smaller form factor, and you play against the person, and you're building the most successful civilization. Whoever has the most successful civilization at the end wins. And it is a ton of fun. You have these sort of like cards that you stack in face up and face down into a pyramid, and then you're picking the cards one at a time. Um, and then basically whoever has the most resources, the strongest military, and the most money at the end wins. You get points by having um, more science or having a stronger military or having more money or having more resources. And then whoever has the most points at the end wins. Um, and it is really fun. And I think I'm going to go buy it tomorrow, but don't tell my wife who's probably listening to me right now. Why does she? You have to play it with her. Wouldn't she want to know? <laughs> Yeah, but it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's true in most cases, yeah. So That's true. Uh, <laughs> you've played you've played Seven Wonders Duel, right? Oh yeah. I agree with what Kat just said in the chat. I I, I uh, as much as I like Seven Wonders, I think Duel is better than the original. Because Duel and, and obviously its downfall is that it is a two player game instead of a possible seven to eight player game. But um Duel is just, it's more strategic to me. Like, Seven Wonders is hard. If you've never played it, I will try to explain it right now as briefly as possible. You are collecting points by building things. The things you build are in a small deck of cards that are in your hand. And you select a card to build based on the resources that you can that you have to build it with. And then you pass that deck to the next player. So basically, you just keep picking a card, playing it, and passing it until that deck runs out you move on to the next round you do that three times whoever has the most points wins the thing that's tough about that in seven wonders is that you always kind of have a general strategy in your head of what you like to do like how you like to play the game but you don't know how other people are going to respond unless you are basically memorizing every deck and saying okay i'm playing with three people i have seven cards in my hand this turn if I play this one, Eduardo's probably going to play this one. So should I play the one I think Eduardo's going to play so that he doesn't play it? And it's just, it is strategy, but you have to remember really well what cards are in each hand so that you can strategize in the future. The cool thing about Duel is that the cards, while some of them are face down, they're all on the table in front of you. 
So you play strategically based on the face up cards. You look and you see what's face up and you go, oh, I, I really don't want Eduardo to get that card. So I won't reveal the one above it. I have to go somewhere else. I have to make him pick up the card above it so I can steal that card. And I think that it's just um, a better use of strategic gameplay. So I, I like Duel a lot. I don't own it, but I don't really have anyone to play it with consistently. So go get that game, Eduardo. I think I'm going to go get it tomorrow, yeah. actually. I've got a lot of errands I need to run, and part of that errand is picking up a board game. Um, <laughs> and so Important. lastly, you already talked about it, but I think you've already said it's on the top of your list. I probably would put it at the top of my list as well. Betrayal at House on the Hill is such, I think, such a special game because one, I think anybody could pick up and play it really easily. I think it is so easy to get people into. It's so easy to understand. And it's so great because of how how different... Like, I, I can't say I've played the game probably more than 10 times, but every time I've played, it has been a different experience. Oh, and yeah. I can't say that for any other board game. Yeah. That's what I... So it's interesting that I'm so bad at Dungeons & Dragons, but I like Betrayal at House on the Hill so much. Because Betrayal is basically a randomized Dungeons and Dragons game. If you think right. about it, sure. you're exploring a house that's different every time. And whenever the haunt phase happens, it's randomized. And maybe I like it because I'm told exactly what to do. You know, maybe like we're playing this weird scenario. The one that we played while um, Eduardo was in town was really funny. All the people that were good guys. Well, actually everybody, we all, the scenarios that all of us just, were transformed into wearing like Victorian style clothes. <laughs> and we were trying to uh, finish the play Hamlet before Hamlet could murder himself. <laughs> and Robbie was the betrayer. So he was trying to like collect certain items and then get us to kill him. And we were trying to get items and read off these monologues before he could read off his monologues. It was really good. But like the game has structure, so maybe that's why I like it better. I just think that the theming is cool, and it's it's so fun to explore and play that game. And uh, the legacy version, I'm really looking forward to. Do you know Hopefully. about the legacy version? I do know about the legacy version, and I'm really upset about it. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. For those of you not in the know, um, board games are starting to become kind of like... There's a few out there that are starting to have, I would say a campaign mode situation. So there's a couple right now. There's Risk Legacy, there's Pandemic Legacy, and there's Betrayal Legacy. Those games play at the start like the regular version. So you start Pandemic Legacy and you play a game of Pandemic. But then things happen that are structured during the course of the game that change the rules and they change the way the game is played. And you have to basically work through a set number of games with constantly changing rules with the same base game. And you see how well you do by the end without knowing what the objectives are ahead of time. It's really cool. And betrayal has one like that. And I'm super stoked to figure out how the hell that's going to work. You know, interestingly enough, I was looking, I don't know how I ended up, but I ended up on board game geek and I was looking at the number one game on board game geek. And it's a game called gloomhaven. And it's got a similar feel to it. You're you're playing these sort of 
recurring games where you're playing over and over again with the same people to like progress in a different story or in a different dungeon or a different thing. I'm, I'm not 100% on what the game is like, but I know it's in a similar vein to these legacy games. And I think that's where board games are headed, right? Like I think people like, I think D&D has made a comeback and I think people like playing board games. And I think there are a lot of people like you that just want a little bit more structure, right? Like they, they want a little bit of the, because to be fair, D&D is work, right? Like you got to put some work into building your character and building your stat sheet and doing all that. That's some yeah. work you got to do, right? It's what if free. you could, right. What if you could do all that? Uh, what if you could play the game, but not have to do all that, right? Like what if you could just pick up a board game and all right, all right, you're this character, you're this character, you're this character. Let's play this fun game. Yeah. And That's I think, true. I think games like that sort of offer that and they offer this sort of the sort of cycle that you could play with a group of friends over and over again, similar to D and D. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's the middle ground for me. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's what we should do for D and D. We should play lots of, lots of betrayal at house on the Hill somehow over the internet. Somebody has got to eventually come up with an app, right? There's gotta, there's be, gotta a way. be, there's gotta be a way for us to do this. So far, most of our favorite board games have like have, developed an app of some sort right there's seven wonders has an app uh pandemic has an app uh sellers of Catan has one uh mysterium uh, all sorts of games castle one um castles yeah yep. castles castles of mad king ludwig that has an app yo get on somebody get on this betrayal at house on the hill app does it exist i'm looking it up right now i won't even wait also, is even if it doesn't exist, is there a version of it on Board Game Simulator? Because I know lots of board games are simulated on there and have like fun versions of them created on there. That's a good point. I don't know. What I do know is that there are lots of character sheet apps for Betrayal, <laughs> which I already have one. There is no game. So somebody get on that. Get on it. Please, so, oh, Twilight, you're right. Cat's right. Twilight Struggle is another game that they have on an app, which um, mm. Robbie in the in the chat has told me to download. I think on more than one occasion, so I'll probably download it here pretty soon. Those two, those two love Twilight Struggle. They do, and I've never played it, so I want to give it a try. Uh, I played it once. And I had no idea what I was doing. Good, solid, solid. Yeah, good. Um, you, know, I, you know, like I said, I think that's what makes Betrayal so so special is that that replayability to it, and I think. Anybody being able to pick that game up, it's got the Blizzard effect, right? Like this, like easy to easy to pick up and play, difficult to master kind of a thing. Like you're, it's really easy to pick that game up, but you're not, you're never gonna like expect what's gonna happen because it's so randomized. And so right. it, it it really sort of holds well. And I never feel bad at the end of a game of Betrayal, right? Like there are certain board games or games in general, you'll feel bad when you lose, right? Like you'd be like, man, man, I was almost there, like I almost had it. I never feel that way with Betrayal. Because it's always such a fun, random thing that happens that whether I win or lose, it's like this like crazy thing and it doesn't matter. Right, it's true. That is kind of nice about it. There's nobody that ever feels like a loser. No. In Betrayal. Because even if you like die or you quote unquote lose, it's like you didn't lose because you were like, you know, one of you was Hamlet and you were saying quotes in a room, you know? like About to get real cliche over here. You know, it doesn't really matter if you lose in Betrayal. It just matters that you had fun. Yeah, man. You know, Uh, just get back out there and try again, okay? When when you get knocked down, you you stand back up. Yeah, but in Seven Wonders, do I want to whoop that ass? (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. (laughs) Um, 
I think we're going to talk a little bit more about board games a little uh, probably in two weeks when we do our next uh, full game episode. I will be playing some board games tomorrow, so I'll probably have a little bit more under my belt. I want to play some more Betrayal tomorrow, so I might be able to make that happen with uh, with a buddy of mine. Um, so we will see. Um, but we'll definitely be talking more about board games next week. So um, be on next week or the week after, whatever we do our next show, who cares? Um, whatever that okay. is, you guys, uh, you'll be let know. Um, but I think that's going to do it. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for our one year episode of Squad Up. Um, but before we go, Peaches, let the folks know where they can find you on the internet. Why use more word when can use less word? <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Peaches. <laughs> you guys know where to find me. Twitch.tv slash Peaches. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, D underscore Peaches. I'm there too. Sometimes I do stuff socially. And uh, yeah, playing, like I said earlier, just lots of Kaizo, lots of Bloodborne on the channel. That's that's it. That's what I do. I kill a lot of things and I die a lot. See you over there. Thanks for listening <laughs> for one year. You can follow me over at on Twitter at ABCD Eduardo. Twitch.tv slash ABC Eduardo is where we record these shows. Um, will I stream again? Who knows? You'll just have to pop into my stream and find out. I think I just answered the question. <laughs> I don't think that's how I should have phrased that. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us, uh, for myself, for pizzas. Good luck. Have fun. And it's been an entire year. We've been doing this show for a year, man. It's like a year. Hi, everybody. What's been going on in the world of gaming? I paused there so that he could put a nice bumper in there, but then I talked after the pause, so I ruined it. Yeah, I mean, he can. He can just, you know, kill our our voices, right? I mean, he probably could, but he could. I think it it's would be more, funny. I think it's I much think more fun be, to keep it. Yeah, it'd be funny if he like uh, just let this part keep going until we stop talking for a second, <laughs> and then. time. I don't even need you to pause. Oh well, I'll just go fuck myself then. <laughs>